from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Uh, just what the world needs, right? Another guy with another podcast. I know. I know. Everyone has a podcast, so I apologize. The dude who pays my driveway has one. He's the expert driveway paver in Northwest Connecticut. That's not true, but I'm making a point. There's lots of podcasts, and this one is pretty niche. Like, if you're not into automotive marketing, you're really not going to enjoy this. <laughs> Maybe just marketing. That's not true. If you're into marketing, you could enjoy this. Lots of things transfer over from industry to industry. So if you're into marketing, maybe you'll enjoy this episode. Uh, mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is uh, all about automotive marketing, mostly. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, reputation management. Why is it one of my favorite subjects? Let me tell you. Uh, so I used to be the marketing director for a group and I would visit a bunch of stores in the group and I would spend a lot of time in the BDCs of various stores. And in the BDC at a store, a BDC manager said to me once, one of my favorite things any human has said to me before, she said, Matt, how do we get rid of all these bad Google reviews? And I was like, uh, what? Well, What's that? She said, Matt, how do we get rid of all these bad Google reviews? And I was, I was dumbfounded. I took a step. I took a couple steps backwards because that is a ridiculous question. So I like the topic of reputation management. And my guest today is the VP of marketing at Celebrity Motor Cars and contributor to dealer marketing magazine. Melody, Melanie Borden is on the show. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Do you like my story about what the BDC manager said to me that time? I do. I feel like I have heard that question before. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was thinking like, okay, are we talking about how to get people to stop writing these reviews? Because if we are, then that's a huge <laughs> issue. Or are we talking about getting these reviews removed from Google because you're getting bad reviews because customers are not happy, which is the same huge issue. So I guess what it comes down to, and thank you for joining me, by the way, is let's first talk about um, the obvious, right? Reputation matters. Your online reviews matter, right? Can we agree on that before we start? A hundred percent. I think it's crazy how, if you look at, any business online, uh, you know, if you're shopping for a, you're going to a, um, a, a bike store or you're looking for go to a restaurant or a car dealership or a vacation and you uh, see a place that has both negative and positive reviews and the business is not responding to those reviews. How does that make you feel when you see that? Not so great. I love to use the example of Amazon during this whole process of being home throughout COVID-19 and ordering clothes and trying to figure out what size to order and going through the reviews and searching for a size chart or something with measurements yeah. and not seeing any responses from the owner of the shop or the seller that's on Amazon. You want to see everything as a consumer. Yeah. You want, you want to feel like it's as, um, transparent a 
place of business as possible. Um, one of the things that I've talked to, that, one of the things that dealers have, I've talked to dealers about, or I notice when I look at dealership reviews is how important is it to not only respond to negative reviews, but also respond to positive reviews? Well, I think with negative reviews, a lot of times dealerships may feel afraid mm-hmm. of responding that it could escalate the situation to make it worse. But I really believe that when you respond to a negative review, you're not only giving yourself the opportunity to validate your position, because it is quite possible that this could have been a situation with someone unreasonable. And when you validate your position, it corrects it immediately. Um, And it could also diffuse a situation from getting to the manufacturer with a negative review. So you can handle that situation immediately before it gets to that point. What is the kind of response that you believe a dealer should be taking when writing, when responding to negative reviews? Is it um, obviously not standoffish or, you know, accusatory of it, you know, of it being the customer's fault, but what's the tone that a dealer needs to take when responding to negative reviews on their uh, online? You want to be empathetic and you want to validate any concerns that they have because ultimately you don't want to get into a public back and forth when any person who is researching where to purchase a vehicle could be potentially sizing you up in terms of how you deal with customers with negative situations. So you want to definitely acknowledge whatever their concerns are and be empathetic to what the concerns are. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen, um, dealers, you know, respond in, in the, in a way that's like, well, you know, you told us this and that's why this happened. And, you know, even if that is true, listen, we know that, um, you know, a lot of people generally will write something negative before they write something positive. Um, and while that may be true, it's not a good look to respond that way to a customer online, knowing that other customers or shoppers are going to see that. No, it's counterproductive. It's, it's definitely not the way that you want to go with responding to a negative review. Yeah. Do you find yourself reading reviews online for like almost everything that you do or places you go? Are you one of those people? I am. Oh yeah. I read reviews for rest of for restaurants. Yeah. Um, I read reviews when purchasing pretty much anything online and given the circumstances right now with COVID, I think there are a lot of people who are very sensitive to how different places of business are handling the safety precautions Mm -hmm. and the different CDC guidelines. So people are writing about it. And if someone has a negative experience, they're going to put it in a review. I always talk about, and I've told this story a million times about shopping for my honeymoon destination. Um, seven, eight, nine, I don't know, somewhere in there years ago, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. So it's okay that I'm like in the ballpark of the, uh, amount of years ago that I was honeymoon shopping. So it's okay. Um, but I remember reading reviews of this place and people complaining about the wait to get a table at, uh, the restaurant at the all-inclusive resort. And I remember thinking to myself, well, first of all, it's all-inclusive. So if you have to wait 45 minutes, I mean, that is terrible. You have to go to the bar and drink drinks that you prepaid for, uh, in a tropical paradise And like, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, I don't get how people would complain about that. How is that a negative review? How is that a complaint? So taking that into consideration 
when I would read customer reviews at dealerships, um, I would think to myself, well, listen, you can't make everybody happy all the time. Our industry for, you know, right or wrong has a reputation to it, uh, in a lot of situations. And so customers go into it with a negative, you know, sometimes with a negative perception of what their experience is going to be like, and you almost have to work twice as hard to make their experience positive. And then on top of that, to getting them to write a good review about their experience, it's a way an uphill battle. So, right. So I feel like you're generally seeing more negative reviews than positive reviews in a lot of situations. What do you think about that? I think that these people who are writing negative reviews, I typically refer them to as keyboard warriors. They're the same people that go onto social media and write nasty comments a lot of the time. When, when I see negative reviews come in, typically it's a hand raiser or someone that wants some sort of extra attention or wants some sort of correction to an experience that they might have perceived as being negative, but it might not necessarily have been a negative situation. Um, and a lot of times those situations get resolved once you have the process in place for your store where you can respond to them and you have, you know, your internal guidelines set up where you're reaching out to the customer, you're having a conversation with them and then they can go back in and then they can recorrect their star rating and their review. In your opinion, who at the dealership should be the person? Cause I'm assuming the, the best case, the best situation is to have one person who monitors and responds to all the reviews. Who is that person at a dealership that is best suited to do that? So it's going to be different depending on the different responsibilities um, that people have in the store. I have seen um, a BDC director be the one to respond to reviews. I have seen a general sales manager be the one to respond to review. But you definitely should have one point person Mm -hmm. who is really the voice of the dealership, not five or six different people who all have access to your Google My Business page and people can respond at different times and have different things to say. So you make one person accountable and then you most likely will have the consistency in terms of the voice from the store. Do you think it's important to have the responses to the reviews customized or can these services that, you know, a dealership can hire and pay monthly that write canned responses, you know, or like templated responses. Um, can those work or are you better off with custom responses to each review? I think that you can do both. So there are some stores that don't necessarily have a Melanie who is going to be responding to every single one of the reviews that come in. So they do outsource to a third party, but when they have the conversation with the third party before they start responding to the reviews, they set up the, it, the guidelines that they would also be following at the store. So if someone submits the review, that person is, is responding in this format. So they could use someone externally. I also think that it's good to have a portal or some sort of a back end that you can have all of the review channels come in. So whether it's um, Dealer Raider, Google, Yelp, um, Facebook, all those reviews will come into one place. So that way it's easier to respond and to see any reviews that have been unresponded to. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can also customize and, you know, work on how you're going to respond. It's always good to mention for SEO purposes, the make or model of the vehicle. 
And of course, if someone is writing a review about a specific salesperson or a specific service consultant, you want to mention their name as well, especially if they also mentioned that person's name. And then when someone is, you know, doing their research later on, they'll see that name and say, okay, well, I want to go talk to Bethany when I go into the store because she has really great reviews and these people have had this experience with her. I do that all the time. If I'm writing a review, I will for sure call out, uh, you know, a person at a business that I interacted with who did a fantastic job. Um, I will do that a lot. You know, I just recently bought a, a bike. I've told this story before too. I'm running out of stories. Quarantine is, I've used all my stories. <laughs> Um, and I, uh, the guy I dealt with at the bike shop over the phone, um, was fantastic. He was unbelievable. Right. And I went to a, a bike shop near me and they didn't have the brand that I wanted. And I called this, um, place a couple towns over a little farther away, found the, what I wanted, bought it over the phone. And the guy was fantastic. And I, I wrote a review about this store, um, this bike shop after talking on the phone for 15 minutes, I haven't gotten my bike yet. It hasn't come in yet. I haven't been to the store to pick it up. I haven't ridden it in the woods or anything. And I wrote a positive review about, about this place um, already. And if I'm a customer, a new customer, and I see that, I'm like, holy cow. Like, this guy must have had an unbelievable experience here if he wrote a review before he even, like, picked up his bicycle. So how important is, um, is buy-in from the other managers, right? Like, you have to have all the, the managers in the dealership in the, uh, on the same page when it comes to the process for responding to reviews. How important is that buy-in? And, uh, you know, and how do you recommend that process gets set up? Well, it ties back into your question that you had earlier, if I've ever heard being asked to, you know, bury the negative reviews or to remove the reviews. Mm-hmm. In 2020, there's no way to get rid of reviews. You can only respond to them and you can only create a process for your business to address any reviews and to move forward. So what may have been in the past when, you know, a marketing strategy for a store, I love this example. Um, There was a dealership in Long Island that I had gone to see at one point and they had a giant banner up outside that said under new management but they were not under new management. Oh man. Um, So (laughs) a strategy like that will be automatically uncovered online. Yeah. So it just, it comes from the top down. So whatever the ownership is looking to establish in terms of their internal guidelines about how to handle a review process, it needs to be bought in by all the management um, and for all the departments. And, what I would recommend for not just a dealership, but any business is to establish internal guidelines of what that process would look like. We talked about identifying a champion or someone who would be the voice of the dealership responding to the reviews, what those reviews would look like. Uh, What happens in a circumstance when you have a negative review, what does that escalation process look like? Um, what managers are going to automatically be on an email? What is the subject line for every single um, review that comes through internally? Um, And then how do you tie that into the marketing strategy? So that's a big opportunity that I see with dealerships that isn't being utilized enough right now where they can take reviews 
Um, and we don't really look at our customers as content creators, but that's really what reviews are is their content. So you can take someone's review, you can repurpose that, you can post it on your blog, you can put it on social media, you can have a section of your website, you can have your customers doing uh, video testimonials at their delivery. So there are so many different items that you can interweave into your internal guidelines to establish that everybody is bought in and everybody understands just like any other department of the store. Yeah. What are your thoughts on if you have a good reputation at your store, using that reputation as part of your advertising in either digital or traditional advertising? I think it's a great idea. I look at it also as a way that you could use it for hiring and recruiting talent. I know for the group that I work in, for example, it's very family oriented and you know, we know that family is number one. So if something comes up with someone's kids, you go handle it and then you get back to doing what you have to do, you know, for your responsibilities in your day to day for the store. It's definitely a benefit to put out there to the world through any of your marketing, how positive, you know, your reviews are um, internally and externally. So customers have had a great experience. People want transparency, like you mentioned earlier. And so if you're transparent and you have reviews that are being responded to both positive and negative, people are going to see that. And people expect to see negative reviews because if you see only positive reviews, especially for a car dealership, you're going to think something is not right. Yeah. And my last group, we used to, um, we used group me, which is a, a, uh, like a messaging app on your phone which I grew to hate, mm-hmm. um, but, but we used GroupMe and we had different groups divided into departments for this one of the stores, right? And whenever a salesperson got, uh, you know, a really positive review online, we would screenshot it and post it on this GroupMe and say, hey, Janet, great job on this review. We appreciate it. And the salesperson would feel warm and fuzzy for getting that review and for being recognized in front of her, their peers for getting that review. And then you know what they would do? They would ask their next happy customer, hey, would you mind writing a review? I, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Um, should dealers be asking for reviews? And if so, what are some tips to, uh, to get customers to write them? Absolutely. There are a couple different ideas that I have, I think would be really beneficial, such as, giving away a free detail to your customers maybe once a month or you could do it once a quarter uh, where if your customers are constantly writing reviews, you can reward your customers for, you know, writing the positive review and they can get entered to win a detail or you can just select someone and say, thank you so much for this positive review. This means so much to us. We would like to pay it forward to you and bring your car in for a free detail. That's one example of a way to kind of incentivize your customers. Now, as far as the salespeople go, it should be a given in terms of if someone is mentioning your name in a review, the more times your name is mentioned, the more likely that someone is going to come in and ask for you. So you can do contests internally with salespeople. I have seen dealerships that incentivize with financial rewards. I have seen dealerships that have incentivized by giving the salespeople a premier parking spot for the month, for example. Um, I have seen dealerships doing, yeah, um, some sort of um, gift card to a restaurant, 
um, or just an Amex gift card. But the real incentive for someone who's really hungry and who's really driven to get someone to write a review about them is just to be totally authentic and just ask for it. Because ultimately, it's a positive reflection on them, and then they can repurpose that review, and they can post it on their own social channel and keep it in their own portfolio to show other customers you know, the experiences that other of their customers have had. Anyone who's listening, who's maybe doesn't work at an auto dealership, maybe there's an agency or a vendor person listening, lest you think a um, premium parking spot doesn't mean anything at a car dealership. It certainly <laughs> does. Cause those of us who have worked or do work at car dealerships understand how terrible parking is, right? Right. Especially covered parking. Uh, and on snow days, forget it. Then there's 10, <laughs> there's 10 spots missing because of all the snow banks. Absolutely. Do but you, it's great to recognize people yeah. for that, for the writing, getting reviews, mentioning their name. Um, again, if someone's doing research on the store and they see 25 reviews about Bethany, they're going to call and say, I'd like to talk to Bethany because Bethany has the most positive reviews written about her. I'm talking with Melanie Borden, who's the VP of Marketing at Celebrity Motor Cars and contributor to Dealer Marketing Magazine. She wrote an article uh, for Dealer Marketing Magazine called The Automotive Insider's Guide to Having a Seamless Reputation Management Strategy, which, as we've established during our chat so far, is super uh, important and necessary for you to be doing. My question is, this is interesting. I've had this discussion a couple of times with some some colleagues, uh, but never on the on the podcast, is... Do you think CSI or whatever the manufacturer that we're discussing uh, calls it in terms of uh, surveys and customer feedback is uh, is at odds with the um, review sites because there's only so many times you can ask your customers to, um, you know, hey, you're going to be getting a survey. Please you know, answer the questions. Hey, could you go to Google and write a review? Hey, uh, you know, would you mind going to cars.com? Hey, you're going to get a pre-survey email from the manufacturer. Like how many times can you ask them to say something? Are those two things, you know, CSI or, you know, reputation from the manufacturer and reputation online, are they um, like cannibalizing each other, do you think? I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think so is because when someone is going to write a review about you, it is before they receive that lovely survey from the manufacturer. Yeah. And it is an opportunity to identify any potential disasters before they have the opportunity to voice their opinion to the manufacturer survey. So I really don't think it is. And I think it ties more into, even though you're writing about the dealership's brand, mm -hmm. it is an opportunity for a salesperson to start creating their own brand. How many times, you know, I was, I was having this discussion, actually, I was visiting a client's location a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to a salesperson who I used to work with and he was talking about, uh, you know, personal branding and doing, uh, not to get too far off topic, he was talking about reviews and talking about Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, have you noticed? How do you think it's going on? You know, what do you think so far? And I said to him, listen, I think, I think you're in the right direction. I think you're doing the right thing. I think the stuff you're posting is good. I'm like, don't give up. You're not going to see in three weeks, all of a sudden your customer base is going to double because what you're doing, this is a long-term play. This is a long strategy. This is a marathon, not a sprint. How important is it for salespeople to understand that when they're starting to kind of build their brand and, and, and building their reviews? It's very important. And 
we live in a society of instant gratification. So we want to be able to publish a review about ourselves to our friends and family and have it immediately result in five car deals. But that's just not realistic in terms of how it actually works. It is a long-term play, like you mentioned. So some of the areas where they can maximize those reviews are not only just on their social channel, per se, posting on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, but actually within LinkedIn, there's an area on the bottom of your profile where you can actually ask someone for a recommendation. And it's an area that I've noticed that not a lot of people have taken advantage of, myself included, but you can go into your profile and you can have someone write a re- you can ask for a review. So let's say, for example, you help someone at a dealership that maybe you don't necessarily work with anymore. Maybe they were in a different department and they helped you out. You can ask them for a recommendation based on that time. If you sold a vehicle to maybe a family or friend and they didn't necessarily want to write it on Google or on Yelp, they could go into your LinkedIn profile and write a recommendation for you and you can write a recommendation back for them. Uh, so there's a million places someone can leave a review, right? They can do a Google or Facebook, or Yelp, cars.com, dealerator. Is there one that's more important than the other? And then the second part is if a dealer is asking customers to write a positive review, is there one or more of those that they should favor asking people to write a review on or not? That was, by the way, that was the worst, that was the wordiest, that was the wordiest way to ask a simple question. As I'm talking, I'm like, what the heck am I even saying here? This doesn't make any sense. Let me try again. That's okay. I understood even, what you said. Even though, this is, even though this is live, let's do an old radio hack bit of mine. I, I do a live okay. talk show. I do a live, we did a live talk show, me and another guy. And it was all about NASCAR, believe it or not. It's like 10 years ago. And we would mess up and we'd be like, right, let me do that again. Three, two, one. And the joke was like, dude, this is live radio. You can't mess it up. So I'm not going to edit that out. Let me do it again. Three, two, one. Okay. There's a million places a customer can write reviews online, right? Google, Facebook, Yelp cars.com, dealerator. Is there one that should be weighted as more important uh, from the dealer standpoint? So from the guest perspective, it should be whatever is easiest for them. So if they are a Yelper, then they should go on to Yelp and write the review. If they are comfortable with going into Google My Business, then they can go into Google My Business. If they want to write it on Facebook, then they should go into Facebook. Ultimately, it's not what the dealership wants because it's really what the customer wants. Right. But with Google My Business, what's pretty cool is that you can get a link directly to your profile and you can just text it to your customer and then they can click on it and then it brings them right into your profile and they can just let the stars and write the review really quickly from their phone and it could take them two minutes. That's a good point because to write a review on Google, I think you have to have a Gmail address. Is that right? I think that's the way it used to be. I don't believe you still have to. I don't think mm. so. Because I, mem- I remember, you I know, like, anyone can write one now. I had a, uh, a coworker once who um, is probably going back like eight years, maybe six or seven years. And he had an AOL email address and uh, which I always made fun of him for. Um, but he's like, oh, I can't write Google reviews because I don't have a Gmail address. But it's interesting to see that that was updated which is cool, except like for like for me, right? I'm not a Yelper. And writing a review on Yelp if you're not a regular Yelper is like impossible. Like if you don't get Yelp or how it works or have the app, you're like, ah, forget it. Right. right. 
So, well, because Yelp also has its own algorithm, and if you sign up for Yelp to rate one review, Yelp typically filters it out, and you don't see the review. It's under the business's filtered reviews. So yeah. it's really just about, you know, would you mind writing a review? Which review site are you most comfortable with? And just having the flexibility where if they are on Facebook and they want to write one from Facebook, let them do it on Facebook. If they want to be on Google My Business, let them do it there. Whatever is easiest for them. In terms of reviews, do you think there's a different expect? So your group is is uh, luxury brands. So do you think there's different expectations from um, customers of luxury brands on the customer experience, and then what kind of response to reviews that they'll get? I think that no matter what the the brand is, whether it's Highline or not every single customer should be treated like they're purchasing a Highline vehicle because they are making a large investment. It's one of the largest investments that they'll make other than purchasing a home. So everyone should be treated in that way. And all reviews should be responded to in a professional manner. Yeah, um, It's just a, a, about, again, tying back into establishing what your internal guidelines are and how you're going to be responding to them. So, kind of going back to the beginning before we, uh, before we wrap up and I do have another question after this question, but, um, okay. So if a dealer, you know, dealership has a reputation that's, you know, a little bit less than stellar. What are, what are, what are a couple of tips that you would give a deal, uh, that type of dealer on how important it is to improve the reputation and how they could start on that journey? It's a great question. And this happens all the time. Unfortunately, our industry has had kind of a bad past in that sense where people have made preconceived notions of what the industry is. So it's super common right. to have dealerships who have negative uh, presence online. The first thing that I would do is I would identify all of the different websites where the negative reviews are. And I would do a call campaign between the service consultants and the sales consultants. And the reason I say the service consultants is because most likely your dealership is doing many more repair orders than they are selling cars. Help. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a great opportunity for your service consultants who have these really great deep relationships with their guests, which is very common to, to give them a call and say, Hey, would you mind writing a review about your experience with me? and have those different sites mapped out. Mm -hmm. And that's one way where you can start tracking to help, you know, boost, I'll say boost your reputation online. The other thing that you can do too, that also helps is taking delivery photos and uploading them into your Google, my business page. That also helps too. If people smiling and next to their new vehicle, it definitely helps people in terms of having a different, perspective on the store and look, there's always going to be people who are going to say negative things. It's always going to happen. Not everybody is going to have something nice to say, but it's really about how you package it online and how, how you have it internally structured to respond to them. And that's really what it comes down to. Uh, Before I let you go, I need you to give me your opinion on this. The, The answer will be either shady or not shady. All right. Are you ready? A dealership that has the reviews tab on their Facebook page disabled. Shady. Yeah. 
So I agree. But here's my thought. I was thinking about this the other day out loud by myself while in the car. I was like, yeah, that seems kind of shady to me. But I'm like, does a customer notice that there's no review? Does a customer go up to their Facebook page looking to read reviews and then see there's no reviews and go, oh, that's shady. They disabled that. Like, is that a thing for, you know, the Joe Schmo? Or do you and I think that because we're in the business? So here's what I think. Okay. You can disable people writing on your wall, which I would recommend because you can't control it. Yeah. And when I say control, I mean this. If someone writes a negative review on your Facebook page under the reviews, you can respond to that review. And you can respond to something on your Facebook wall, but you have more control in a sense where you can control the narrative mm-hmm. versus someone writing something on your wall and it being more visible yeah. and more people commenting and jumping in where, you know, if you have 10,000 followers, you don't necessarily want, you know, a significant percentage of them to see that. But yeah. if someone's writing a review, it's not necessarily going to be pushed out there in the same manner. But I would definitely have anywhere that you can have reviews published, I would have them published. A hundred percent. There was this, um, not automotive, but there's this business in California that I was uh, on their Facebook page and they had their um, uh, reviews tab disabled, right? Again, non-automotive. Uh, and so I was looking at some of their Facebook posts and every comment on everything they ever posted was about someone's negative experience. I did this and they didn't refund my money. I did this and I never got it in the mail. I did this and they lied about this. And so they had their reviews tab disabled, but the backfire was every interaction with every customer ever on their Facebook page was negative. And these people wanted to find a place to convey their uh, experience, they couldn't on the reviews page. And so that's what the whole Facebook wall became about. Right. And those guidelines with responding to reviews, those are going to funnel over to your paid social ads. So if you have an ad running on Facebook, someone can write a negative comment there. You need to respond to it. You have to have some sort of audit process. And the same thing goes for your posts on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, you need to have, even with TikTok, you can write something and someone can respond to it. So you have to have those guidelines set up because if you don't, it's going to be a mess. Melanie Borden, VP of Marketing at Celebrity Motor Cars and contributor to Dealer Marketing Magazine. I uh, urge you to go to dealermarketing.com uh, and check out her work. Good stuff on there. And I enjoyed uh, the Automotive Insider's Guide to Having a Seamless Reputation Management Strategy. Thank you so much, Matt. This has been awesome. Thanks for coming on. Let's be friends. This has been fun. Definitely. I tell you what, reputation management, a fun topic to talk about. I did an episode a couple of, um, a couple of weeks ago uh, that you can go look up everybody. It is, uh, I forget what it's called now. It's called, uh, I don't know. I read reviews. Oh, it's called Matt Reads Reviews. I read a bunch of reviews and talked about the things that a dealer could have, A, done to avoid that review in the first place. And then B, kind of critiqued or talked about their responses uh, to those reviews. So go check that out. And it's on, uh, you know, Google and Apple and YouTube and all the other places that you can uh, find the content. So, all right, thanks for listening. More episodes coming up soon. Have a great afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? 
Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.